0: welcome to leading with a brave heart a podcast that helps professional women build the confidence to lead with their hearts to lead with confidence and compassion i'm michelle johns and my mission is to help you find yourself and stop fixing yourself i'm so happy that you're here now onto the show episode I'm going to discuss imposter syndrome. Now I really don't like this term but I I feel like we need to discuss it. What it is, why it's come about, how to deal with the experience of it and how we can one day see this phrase removed from our vocabulary. So let's first understand what it is. If you've heard this term before and you know already what it means, I'm going to cover that and why it happens and we'll get to the real heart of the matter. But for those that haven't, um, that piece will be new to you. For others, stick around uh, because I wanted to do an episode on this because it comes up a lot in women in leadership groups comes up in podcasts I listen to, books about it and books that have a whole chapter on it and so on. And often it comes from the perspective of thinking there's something wrong with us or blaming ourselves when imposter syndrome is is really mostly an external phenomenon. There is an internal aspect to it, of course, and I'll break that down in this episode But I really want to bring more awareness to this term around how it's harmful uh, in terms of how it's used and how I would love to be around when this term is no longer used. But we need to have the conversation to get to the place where we can do that. Um, We need to have the conversation about it. So that's what this episode is about. I've been holding off doing an episode on this because I talk about the term and not wanting to feed into it more, but it's so out there that I feel like we, we do need to discuss it. So it's very common for women to experience the symptoms or the elements of imposter syndrome. Um, just want to acknowledge though there's also men who experience this as well it's not really gender it's not gender-based however it can be gender role-based and how genders are socialized in our society and therefore what's expected from each of us and so this is often on an unconscious level Uh, And I'll get into that a little bit more later. So let's start with what is imposter syndrome. If you've not heard this term before or um, you've heard it but you're not really sure um, whether you're getting getting a definition right, you may have previous beliefs about it. I'll break all that down for you. So imposter syndrome is the feeling of being a fraud, really. So feeling like you don't belong, you're not good enough. It's important to note it is a perceived fraudulence. That is, it's not when you really don't have the skills or experience, it involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that constantly come up for you despite your qualifications, despite your education, um, despite your experience, skills, talents, and previous achievements. And the com- consequences of this is you may end up working harder, like checking things over and over. You may be over planning for things and over preparing for things. And perhaps you hold yourself to an even higher standard than you do other people. And I'll give you some examples to bring this life. So in the work context, you may turn up to a meeting and you sit back and you listen to people in the room and you think, I don't know why I'm here. I don't belong in this room. There may be times when you get a promotion and you think, I don't deserve this job. I don't know enough to be doing this role. You might find yourself one day um, being in a room or a particular situation at work and thinking I don't know what I'm doing and how the hell am I in this position, this role or this job. There's other aspects where you find yourself at work where you've been promoted based on your technical skills, um, also your leadership skills and then you end up in a new environment or maybe a new manager comes in or you go for a job in another company, you end up there and things are being said around you. People are questioning your judgment or undermining you or dismissing your ideas. And then you think, holy crap, I got here through some fluke. My previous manager liked me, promoted me, but I'm not really good at this. And clearly I shouldn't be here. And that is sometimes a moment where you think or or you said, "Uh, I don't know why I have this role. I'm not really equipped to do it. And then it eats away at your confidence when it may not really be about you. It could be about this new environment, this new culture. So that's why I want to get into this. Now, the internal piece I'll cover first. So there is an element of our brain which has a negativity bias. So we look for the negative things first. Uh, before we think about all the positive things that's just natural that's part of our brain the way it functions and it's the same for everyone it, some people have chosen to ignore the negative or you know experience or time or or it was brought into your childhood and it's easier for some people um, and there's also this thought that females or, or women gender roles are, more likely to look at this negative because they needed to um, always look out for danger being a, a woman in society rather than a man in society so this part of our brain is there to protect us it's looking for all the things that will go wrong so that you'll put in place things to protect you so there's actually part of our brain that responds to the external environment and looks for those negative things. So that plays into our imposter syndrome or the concept of imposter syndrome because our brain looks for those things that might go wrong. It looks for the same things we need to protect ourselves from. So there is an internal phenomenon and um, I'll loop back again to this a bit later. The main reason imposter syndrome exists, and this is my strong belief, is the way that the expectations are put on us from outside ourselves, from other individuals, from society, culturally. Um, so this one is hard to pinpoint because it might not be when we're trying to break down what's causing us to feel like we don't belong. We may not be able to pinpoint, oh, it's this particular manager or this particular element, but it's more of a feeling. And so we tend to then internalise and blame ourselves and think, what am I doing wrong in this situation? What is it about me? When it's really the way that um, society has shaped um, expectations on us or the culture of the organisation has been shaped. So think broader than that. It's more likely um, than, sorry, the, the society has created these expectations and roles and then that gets brought into our organisation and the way that organisations were formed. So think about who tradi- who traditionally went to work and became managers and leaders. Yes, we know that the majority of people in the past were men, not women. And then there's an expectation that everyone needs to behave that particular way in the workplace. And often women don't feel they stack up to that. In In these meetings with these people behaving this particular way, um, you may feel you don't belong there because I don't behave the way everyone else in this room does. Or I'm never going to be that professional, if you like. Or I'm never going to be so calm and stoic like the leaders in this room. And, um, you know, other people may have been just naturally have that style potentially they're trained that way and um when we were growing up often the boys were trained to be quite um, assertive for example and the women and the girls were asked not to be assertive they were asked to be quiet good girls um please everyone um and so on Whereas, whereas it was quite acceptable for the boys in the room to be loud and be assertive and confident and show off if you like, whereas the girls were asked not to. And if a girl does show off, um, it's received with quite negative feedback, I guess, as a child. So then we are conditioned to be different and that plays out in the workplace. Now that's changing. I'm seeing it changing with new generations, but a lot of people in the workplace are still from that era and a lot of the leaders are. And so then people may feel they need to be that way in the workplace. So this, um, this is why it plays out there in the workplace and, um, now, there's some things we might want to work on in our confidence and our assertiveness and our delivery and so on, but we don't want to change the essence of who we are. Um, and we want to break down kind of the barriers and the armors that people have put up or the people pleasing and so on and be true to ourself. Um, now, we therefore in the workplace may Be different than the other people in the room because we have been uh, conditioned in a different way. But I really want to help people realize that you still belong there. That even though you're not like the leaders of the past and behave a particular way, you're not a fraud because you're different. And so that's my kind of roundabout way of saying imposter syndrome is often driven by someone else it's not our fault and instead of trying to fix ourselves to get over this diagnosis of imposter syndrome then what we want to do is actually look at how we can work with that environment we're in and still feel confident be who we are be different so this term imposter syndrome is something i want to get rid of so i want to delve into that right now it sounds like a diagnosis. So when we hear say, someone say, um, like elements of what imposter syndrome is, feeling like we don't belong, feeling like we're a fraud, feeling not, like we're not good enough, and we go, ah, it's imposter syndrome. Now I know what it is. It's got a label. It sounds like a diagnosis. And it sounds like we need to go and fix ourselves. And for someone else, it may be a label like she has imposter syndrome. So she needs to go and fix herself. That's why we need to break down this term, get rid of it. <laughs> now, unfortunately, uh, two psychologists, Susanna Imes and Paulina Ross-Klantz, and i May be pronouncing that wrong because I was brought up in Adelaide, and I say everything like chance and dance. Um, they first used this term in the 1970s. Now I understand why we needed to get that awareness out there and so on, but the term does give us this unconscious bias or way of thinking that if it's a if it's a syndrome then it's something wrong with this person and they need to fix themselves. Whereas it's really the environment around us, which I've been trying to communicate in this podcast, that it's the environment around us which creates that um, feeling or the, or the um, elements that we feel um, and experience as imposter syndrome. Now, we still want to – that's why I'm having the conversation. We want to be aware of this phenomenon because it's not going away quickly. But we need to stop labelling people and making people internalise it and make it the person's problem because it's a broader problem. It's not our fault. It's not your fault. It's an outcome or a product of the society we live in, maybe the culture you're working in, the organization, especially male-dominated culture. And I've had a lot of experience there. And I do sound like I talk about this a lot, but it's a real thing. And it brings about a lot of gender bias. It brings around a lot of other biases. And um, so I'm hoping that just having this conversation and I might have another one because I feel like we need a little bit more on this I might have another episode on this after I get some feedback from you what you'd like to hear how to work on it potentially but I hope this episode has sort of helped to identify yes yes I experienced this and I thought it was me and that I need to go and fix something um, yes, I want to get more comfortable being confident with who I am in these rooms, even though I'm different to everyone else. Um, but I also want to be able to, um, progress in my career and people are saying that I'm too emotional or I'm not assertive enough or something like that. So we want to be able to deal with the, um, elements and the experience we have with this but we also want to have a broader conversation about it. So hopefully my ramble today <laughs> has helped you um, either letting go some of the diagnosis you've been giving yourself or whether it's that you now feel a little confident to go and have a conversation about this with your colleagues at work. A first step to a, to open the conversation, do some research on the internet and... Um, say, yes, I do experience the feeling of imposter syndrome. I want to be more aware of that in meetings and I want to start to uh, view it differently, show up as myself and um, have less self-doubt and, and uh, not try and fix myself. So hopefully that helps. And until next time, have an awesome day. And instead of fixing yourself, spend some time getting intimate with yourself and uh, loving who you are. So uh, as I said, catch you next time and have an awesome day.